Hey, Ben. Good. As you can tell, I'm getting kind of paranoid with the Omnicron version around, and I think we ought to use masks. How come you're not masked tonight? <laughs> because I'm I'm socially I'm socially distant right now. Uh, that is for sure. Um, <laughs> Evangelon, what's going on, man? Uh, great question. You get a big charge. You get a big charge out of that. Um, but yes. Um, I'm not wearing a mask, so. <laughs> uh, how's everything going on your end? Oh, it's going great. We had a busy day today. Still doing a lot of telemedicine with um, a lot of COVID out there. Do I, you think I talk enough about COVID or should we skip it? Um, you know, I, I think we, we got a lot of great questions that are, uh, <laughs> that are not COVID related. So okay. I, I, we definitely want to get to that. Okay, well, I'll make a short statement about uh, the the COVID-19 we're treating right now. Of course, most of it is presumably Omicron, who knows, but it seems to be a lot less virulent, and it's it's hitting everybody. It doesn't mean vaxxed, boosted, unvaxxed. It's hitting everybody the same. There's no difference. It, there's definitely nothing's working to prevent it, but the good news is that it's hitting everybody. I mean, I think everybody in our office has have had COVID so far. Um, so, you know, the only problem with it's the worker shortage and all that. And, um, it's just ironic that the hospital systems now are allowing you to work as a nurse or doctor or technician with COVID, um, you know, as long as you wear your mask. So I think that it's kind of crazy what's going on, but certainly, um, you know, it's a lot lighter version. We're still being pretty aggressive with treating it. So, uh, I think treatment, early treatment does work and we don't take chances, even with this less virulent um, uh, serotype. But anyway, I wanted to show you something that I'm going to flip on here in just a second, because um, the steam Dr. Fauci has come up with a booster that finally works. And here it is. There it is. <laughs> I loved it. So that's Dr. Fauci's booster that actually does work because um, the other things don't work to prevent COVID or to prevent transmission. So um, maybe they do some, some to help people prevent hospitalization. I don't know. Um, but so, uh, well, I love that. Somebody sent that to me, but let's get on to the questions. Enough about COVID. I'm sure we're going to have some COVID questions and I love to talk about it. Um, Yes, and we're definitely going to be taking COVID questions, and uh, we'll, we'll take you know a wide variety of, of health and wellness questions tonight. Uh, speaking of hiring, we are we are hiring LPNs and RNs in the Tri Cities. So uh, if you guys know one or are one, uh, be sure to uh, either DM us on Facebook or you can mess or email uh, Katie at performancemedicine.net. Uh, we'll put that up at the end of the show. Um, cause I know a lot and we of will not ask you if you've uh, been vaccinated or unvaccinated, you know, yeah. it makes no difference to us. It's funny because <laughs> we've had some people call the office as patient. There's so many people that are on each, they're on the far end of each spectrum. That's totally ridiculous. One patient called or one potential patient called in and asked if we allowed vaccinated people in our offices mm -hmm. and we said, yeah, we don't care if you're vaxxed or unvaccinated. You can come in our offices. And uh, so because we allowed vaccinated patients to come in the office, she would refuse to come into the office. And then, of course, you have the other spectrum that if um, 
not everybody's vaccinated, they won't come to the office. Or if we allow a patient that's uh, unvaccinated to visit our offices, they won't come. So it's kind of a, it's a crazy world, but um, yes, we are hiring and we want uh, people that have common sense and that like to work and like people that show kindness to people. The main, the main uh, component of or attribute of an employee or anybody that we work with is just human kindness. Yeah. And that's always been our mantra. So, yeah, we're, we're super pumped to, about, you know, bringing on, bringing on more and more people to, to, to help as many people as, as possible, uh, especially uh, in the communities that we have offices. But with this show, we're trying to, you know, answer as many questions that you guys have, whether you live in East Tennessee or California, uh, we're here for you guys. And, uh, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate y'all hanging out with us every single Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to get to the questions here. Let's go, um, let's get started with, let's see here. Um, this is one from from last week. It's in in reference to uh, the Common Sense MD episode episode on pycnogenol. Do you think pycnogenol will help with ADD? And the context of this is you mentioned in the show that it helps with ADHD. Um, does it help with yeah. ADD as well? Well, ADD is the same thing as ADHD. Okay, it's just um, it's all really should be termed ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder but there's various classifications of it um, there's the hyperactive form there's the um, inattentive form you see that more in girls and you see hyperactive more in boys and then you see a mix of both so it's all the same thing but yeah there's a lot of reports that it does help um, if you look at the literature and it's certainly a very safe vitamin to take um, another one that works that I actually put a patient on today was uh, L-tyrosine. It's really good for ADHD, any type. Plus, um, sometimes it, it works along with uh, a stimulant that we use, but you can certainly try that first. So pycnogenol, L-tyrosine, you can certainly try them. And if they don't work, um, we do treat a lot of ADD. And when I say ADD, I mean ADHD. Yeah. It's all the same. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that question that came over email. Uh, let's get to this NAC question. Um, not sure if I can take NAC. First time I tried it for a few days, each night I woke up feeling like my heart was either racing or beating differently somehow. And it goes on to say, I, I stopped taking it, waited a couple weeks and tried again. Same thing happened two nights in a row. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, I have. I've had a couple of people that that happened to why it happened. I don't know, but you know, you may have an allergy to it. Um, you may be hypersensitive to it. Um, uh, so that's why I explain to people when you start a vitamin regimen, mm -hmm. start it one at a time and see how you feel. Because certainly you're a person that should not take NAC yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, you may have a different mutation of a gene that we haven't discovered yet or something so yeah i mean listen to your body if if that happens you cannot take knack um, um just kind of put myself in their shoes is there a a substitute is there something that uh has similar uh i guess uses um you know there's really not anything along that line um that i can think of that would be a good substitute you know you could do other things to raise your glutathione levels. Uh, and you could even try a liposomal glutathione tablet. They're not, uh, 
they don't break down as easily as NAC, but you could certainly try a liposomal glutathione. If it did the same thing to you, you can't take that either. So um, I bet you could take it. All right. Thank you for, for that question. Um, let's get to, um, this is a, a vaccine question. Um, does the vaccine give you antibodies? We, we, you know, we obviously talk a lot about antibodies with uh, getting COVID. Um, does the vaccine give you any antibodies? It can. Yeah. You know, I've seen it do it. It's not certainly not anywhere near as strong as the ones you get by having COVID because we've, uh, we've kind of kept a little bit of track of that as we went on, um, just to kind of find out for our own knowledge if it does. And I have seen it, um, uh, give people antibodies, presumably, uh, again, they may have had COVID and didn't even know it, but, um, and again, it's just, it's just really interesting with, uh, the antibodies. Um, you know, we've seen people with really high antibodies, titers get this new variant. I saw one week that had a titer greater than 2,500 and they got a, uh, came down with symptomatic COVID, probably Omicron. Um, I almost wish we'd have called the Omicron variant something different besides COVID because it's a really a different, it's a different illness. It's a lot more mild. It doesn't cause usually loss of taste or smell. Yep. Um, is that the, is that the one thing you're seeing? Just, different the, no the other thing i'm seeing it's just not hitting the lungs like the previous versions which is the great thing because that's what kills people and gets them into problems it hits the lungs so i just haven't seen it hit the lungs as a matter of fact i talked with a good uh, emergency room doctor uh today and we were talking of course covid and he he thinks that the, this new version is hitting vaccinated people worse than unvaccinated and He's, I think he's, I think he's seen about 880 patients with uh, COVID in the last few weeks, and uh, none of them had had really pulmonary involvement much. And uh, so, just hopefully, everybody will get this. We'll get finally get this herd immunity, and we can start coming to our senses with opening up everything again. Um, um, let, let's get to, to Iram has a, a kind of a follow-up question. What are in the antibodies they give if you get COVID? Um, and I believe, um, that's in regards to, uh, to the shot, I believe. What are in the antibodies? The antibodies are just a response to either a vaccine or the actual illness. Um, so, I mean, it's just your, your own body producing, mm. unless you got monoclonal antibodies, artificially infused antibodies. Um, and how do you know they're really antibodies and not a vaccination? Um, you really don't. Yeah. Um, you know, supposedly the, the vaccines are, are telling you're turning on a process that your own body produces the spike protein in, in every cell in your body. And um, the thing about the natural immunity, it seems to get the mucus services better than the vaccination. It, it focuses more in the uh, mucosa where you can get, you know, the, the illness from. It's a sinus infection. It starts up here in your, your upper airways, whereas the vaccination stimulates that response throughout your body. So actually, that's why most people believe that the innate immunity you get from COVID itself is 
just a better immunity. Mm. Um, so um, I certainly haven't seen um, the high antibody titers with vaccinated people as I do the people that had the illness. Of course, a lot of them aren't checking it either. So, um, and there's no, I haven't done a, you know, a real study on it. And I don't know if anybody has, but uh, great question. Great questions. Thank you for those. Thank you for that follow-up, Aram. And uh, guys, if you, if you, uh, we love when that happens. So if you guys have follow-up questions, put them in the comments and we'll try to be uh, quick with that. Um, this question is a good one. I, I love thyroid questions. Uh, when is the best time to take your thyroid medication? Well, you know, traditionally we've always said take it in the morning on an empty stomach, you know, an hour before you eat or drink anything besides water. Um, so that's typically what we say, but a lot of people end up taking it at night because, uh, there's some advantages to that. The advantage of taking it in the morning is that you're, you're, you're doing it anyway, and you're kind of used to it. And anything you can kind of remember as far as taking a, a medicine or supplement, you should do it. But really I have some people who take it at night. Um, because they automatically are, are in the fasting state. They don't have to worry about not drinking coffee for an hour after they get up. And, and, and certainly um, your metabolism slows down at night, so it may even work a little bit better, um, you know, at night, but it may be more efficacious because it's distributed better. Hmm. Um, the other thing that you know, there's different preparations of thyroid. Of course, uh, the most common was levothyroxine, which is a generic synthroid. Um, and then you have your ones that I prefer, like Armor, NP, uh, which are desiccated uh, pig thyroid, um, which um, I think work better because they have T4 and T3, which is the active form of thyroid. They also have T2 and T1, which are minor, but they're still in there. So uh, about 85 to 90% of my patients feel better on Armour or NP, which have been around for 100 years. Um, but, you know, sometimes the T3 preparation, Cytomel is just a pure T3. Um, sometimes they can kind of energize so that If you take those at night, they can may hype you up a little bit. So... Just whatever works for you and that you can remember to take it every day is probably the best way to go. I mean, like I say, when you measure your your levels, um, and certainly need a, a panel, a TSH, free T3, free T4, and sometimes even some further studies like antibodies or reverse T3, uh, just depending, you don't need those every time. But um, so get your blood your blood drawn at the same time every time so that uh, you'll get a more accurate reading on where you are. So Do, uh, Does that go with, with any lab panel, out of curiosity? Um, so say you're tracking your hormone levels or um, you get a Cleveland, you know, once a year, once every six well, months? Well, I mean, if, if you're on, certainly if you're on hormones, the timing of your hormone placement, whether it be a cream or a shot, um can vary and I like to take that into account. Um, for example, if you're on testosterone shots, get it a week uh, after five to seven days after your T shot. And um, if you do your cream at night uh, on a hormone cream for women, get your labs at the same time 
the next morning or in the morning, just say, oh, get it at 10, get it at 10, because it can vary quite a bit. Um, so the timing of when your blood's drawn. But other things, you know, some people like fasting labs. Other times I like non-fasting labs to kind of see what your insulin and sugar levels do uh, after you've just eating, eaten. So sometimes that's a more accurate synopsis of where you are uh, than being in a pure fasting state. So as long as I know um, that you ate before you came in for that Cleveland panel, that will may affect the way I interpret that panel. So, but I, I like it when people do that. All right. Uh, good info there, Doc. Um, let's get to this is a, a Omicron question. Um, what are you seeing in those who have had Delta and now getting Omicron? Do they seem to have an easier time or about the same? So, you know, you're definitely seeing people get COVID twice. Um, sure. The question is, you know, is it lighter if they've already had it? Yeah, usually. Okay. usually. Like I say, this Omicron, if that's what it is, um, is a lot lighter. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, 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 you almost you wish you had it. It's like nature's miracle booster that um, everybody just needs to get it and get it over with. Um, still treat it, but uh, get it over with for sure. All right. This is a uh, long COVID question. They keep talking about long COVID. Does this start as soon as you get it or can you completely recover and then get long COVID months later? That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, usually long COVID is defined as, as symptoms past four weeks from when you had COVID. That's long COVID or long hauler syndrome. Um, but um, if you get something different months later, it's probably not from that episode of COVID. So it's not, it's probably Again, not now, long COVID. And now, you know, we can, you can get COVID more than once. Um, uh, like I suspected before, I kind of, of, uh, disagreed with, uh, Dr. McCullough on that one. And now he's saying that he was talking before uh, Omicron. So he probably was. So you can definitely get it more than once. Um, just like you can get a cold more than once. Um, sure. You're going to get mutations. This thing's going to be around. We're not going to get rid of it. Uh, but hopefully get less virulent as time passes. What um, they need to do is quit prolonging this pandemic by continuing vaccinations and um, continuing all these different boosters, the fourth booster, the fifth. And, you know, let, let everybody open. You don't need mask anymore. You don't need to social distance you just need to use your common sense. Um, and, you know, a couple general rules. If you're sick, sick, stay home with anything. Just if you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, if you're around other people, you don't want to get it, wear a mask and keep your distance. But um, just use some common sense about it. Um, um, this, this is a brain fog question. Um, uh, the question is, what do you do for COVID brain fog? Uh, I'm realizing it's a real thing. So it seems that, that, uh, that this person is is dealing with it now. Uh, what's kind of some thoughts there? What are you doing? Uh, I know you're you've talked about some new things as well. Uh, what are you doing for this? It's different. It's definitely a real thing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, COVID nineteen gets into your brain. Uh, that's why it gets in through your olfactory tracts, your sense of smell, um, and it, it does cause you a lot of fatigue and therefore brain fog. Um, because it causes inflammation. Just like when a person has Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is like a brain on fire. Yep. It's inflamed. You got an inflamed brain. So and this can certainly 
cause inflammation in your brain. So you try to tamper that down high dose pro resolving mediators, which is basically high dose omega threes, uh, take four of them a day and knack. Those are the two things that I really like. Um, but some people, some people need B vitamins. Um, certainly come in for a Cleveland. We'll look at your hormones. We'll look at the whole gamut. Um, CoQ10 is good for that. PQQ. Sometimes I use, I've used, um, ProVigil for that. A medicine we use for, uh, narcolepsy and adult, um, shift worker syndrome. Uh, certainly it's a great, a great, uh, drug, very safe. So a lot of things, but come in and let us take a look and talk to you about it at least. Um, this is a, another neck question. If I can find it. Yeah, here we go. Um, I've heard you speak about knack and recently purchased some. I'm not real familiar with it. So is this something I should be adding to my daily vitamin regimen or just for COVID prevention slash treatment? I, I like this question because, you know, we've talked a lot about it recently and, you know, most of that, you know, in regards to COVID. Um, the question is, should this be in my vitamin regimen no matter what? Uh, it depends if you're old enough, you're like me. I take it. I've been taking it every day for a long time. But one thing about knack is you tend to get a little tolerant to it if you take it for months on end. So I'll take it for, you know, I'll give it a break. You know, I take it for three months. I'll give it a month break, get back on it. Uh, it seems to work better um, for me in that, in that regard. Um, great question though. But uh, yeah, it's, you should definitely think because it raises your glutathione levels. And, um, you know, again, a lot of times you, there's a lot of vitamins that could really benefit you, but I mean, you know, you have to buy them, you got to take them. So choose the ones, uh, that are the, your basic vitamins like vitamin D with K, um, vitamin C, magnesium at night, uh, probiotic, preferably digest shield, um, and a good multi. And then you have your other vitamins depending on your particular needs. Um, but those are, those are my big ones. Um, let's get to this one. Speaking of vitamin D, um, I ordered vitamin D with K that has C iodine. What is the C iodine for? Um, they just throw that in for good measure. Um, most people are deficient in iodine. And even if you had too much, that wouldn't put you over the edge at all. But iodine is, um, gosh, it's just a great, I need to do a podcast on iodine. Um, it's just great for, it's an antibacterial. It's, um, you know, when, you, when we're talking about thyroid T3, that means it has three iodine molecules on it. Um, T4 releases one, becomes T3, it, it gets activated. So it's just and I'll try to do a podcast on just iodine. Sometimes I check levels. Um, you can certainly get too much iodine. I've seen it, but most adults are deficient in it. And um, it's just great for your immune system. It's great for um, your thyroid. Um, it's that's why people used to have gorders back in the before they put iodine in salt because they didn't have enough iodine and their, their thyroid would grow to bigger sizes trying to, you know, make more of it because they didn't have enough iodine. So when they put the, the iodine in the salt, those gorders disappeared. 
So um, it's mostly for thyroid health, hmm. but has a lot of other great properties. Um, let's get to one more question, then we're going to go live uh, to the to the comments here. Um, does taking nightly, you're going to have to pronounce that for me, psyllium? Psyllium, yeah. Uh, does taking nightly psyllium immediately after dinner hinder the absorption of nutrients from the meal? What about taking it too soon before or after supplements? That's a great question. It is, it's fiber, so it moves things through more quickly. But it also helps you absorb the water. So fiber um, actually can help diarrhea as well as it can. Most people think it's for constipation, but um, it helps diarrhea a lot too. Um, but yeah, it, it, it could, but, um, this depends on your bowel movements. I mean, if you're taking it and you immediately have a bowel movement an hour later, you don't want to take, uh, your supplements with it because you may lose uh, your supplements. Um, so I, I'd space it out two hours, um, uh, on either side of it. Uh, when you take that. Great question, though. And you should have enough fiber in your, in your meals as well so that you don't have to take it with that, with your with a meal. Um, but uh, it could. It just depends on your bowel habits and everything. Wonderful question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I haven't seen that one. Um, all right, guys. We're going to head to the comments here, and we're going to take live questions. Uh, really pumped that you guys are here. Thank you so much. Uh, this is one of our, our favorite things to do on, on a weekly basis. So uh, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and, uh, and kind of making this y'all's Tuesday evening as well. Um, okay, let's see what, what we got here. Um, let's see. Also, if, if you're new here, say hello. Say hello to us. Um, where you're from. Uh, we like to... We like to interact as much as possible. All right, let's get Jack's in here. Uh, Jack asks, almost all the women in my family over 30 have hypothyroid, but not the men. Is it more common in women? Definitely. Way more common in women. Okay. Uh, I don't see too many men with it. Um, it is, and women tend to, tend to be hit more with autoimmune diseases, much more than men are. Uh, men die more frequently from nine out of the top 10 causes of death that women do. Uh, but for autoimmune phenomena, uh, and Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the most common cause of hypothyroidism. Um, it's, it's by far a woman's disease. Hmm. Um, why? Um, that's a complex answer. It's, there's no simple answer for that. Uh, but they're more susceptible to immune diseases for sure. Um, it's probably because of the hormone flux, the changes in the hormones, but I've read some different comments about that. So, um, Okay, so Ram asked, can you post where, uh, where the doctor got his nebulizer? Um, where did you get yours? You got that I got at Max? mine at Max Medicine Mark. Yeah, okay. um, I did. So that it's gonna, you're going to find that, Ram, at, at most, uh, most pharmacies, um, and I think there's, there are some on, on Amazon as well. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, Evangeline, man, hope, hope everybody in your house is fine. It seems, um, you got a few, few, uh, with, with Omicron. Hope everybody is well. Um, invite everybody over to your Omicron party. <laughs> so that's the best thing that could happen, you know. Uh, and Keto's triple mast. 
Um, so th <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Keto. I wore my mask today because I just felt more comfortable with it somehow. <laughs> I couldn't um, breathe, but you know, at least I knew I wasn't going to catch something, you know, being on the podcast and everything. So. <laughs> All right. So let's get to Christine's question. Just got through day 14. Can I assume I can't get or give COVID for the next three months? Um, you can probably be pretty assured that you won't. Um, you know, everybody's talking about this Omicron um, new mutation, B, B1, B2 or something. Uh, but who knows? But I, I would say you don't have a lot to worry about. Let's put it that way. Um, so you really don't need to worry about it, in my opinion. Um, Melinda, we're, we're not taking new patients for COVID uh, at the moment, um, but we do have people that we're, that we're sending people to, trusted people that uh, are uh, doing the same exact protocol that we are. So if you'd like, you can DM us on Facebook, um, or you can, you can email me, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net, and I'll send you the contact uh, for that. So thank you for putting that in, Melinda. Um, let's go, um, let's see here. Aram asks, uh, I'm hypothyroid and take 75 MCG of levoxathon for over 30. Uh, can I ever get off the pills? Most people that have hypothyroidism always take the medication, but I've seen people get off of uh, thyroid medication. Um, ironically, sometimes by switching over to iodine, you really need, before you do that, you got to be really careful and, and check the iodine levels, which are hard to check. We have a, a dried urinary test that does it, um, put it out by ZRT Laboratories, but um, certainly you may be able to switch. You probably feel a lot better if you got on one of the natural thyroid supplements like uh, NP or Armor. Um, but I've seen it happen, and a lot of times I can't explain why uh, it happened. You know, I certainly would check antibodies to see if you have Hashimoto's. And, and just depending on, you know, what the etiology of your hypothyroid state is, I've seen people that were subclinical and didn't have antibodies, didn't have Hashimoto's and for example, pregnant women and their thyroid was low and then it returned to normal after, after having the baby. So um, I have seen that. So it'd be nice to get kind of a workup and see, you know, hopefully you've had a thyroid ultrasound to look at that and then do all the, do all the testing, including the antibodies uh, the TPL and antithyroglobulin antibodies and see where you stand. And then certainly don't just stop taking them all of a sudden. I mean, it wouldn't kill you. You'd feel terrible though. Uh, but and you may be able to switch off to something else or possibly get by with a, a, a supplement that was mostly iodine. So um, maybe. You know, what, what's interesting is, is um, I think that's a common question. I'm seeing uh, Mission Girl uh, on the YouTube channel um, talking about that too. Um, she'd like to get off her pills. Um, been on antivirals for 25 years. I think it's affected me. I think a lot of people have that, that concern is, uh, you know, they've been on, you know, a lot of pills for a long period of time and getting off of them is, I think, more strategic than, than you think. 
Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times there's other factors involved, like your your adrenals that, you know, cortisol levels can come into play, and maybe they contributed somewhat to uh, getting Hashimoto's. Um, sometimes if you straighten out your gut, you know, your, um, your immune system improves, and, and maybe you start cranking out uh, a little more on your own. Um, the other thing is you might consider switching over to a different, more natural one. About 85 to 95% of my patients feel better on the natural thyroid supplements than they do levothyroxine. Hmm. Uh, so I think I would probably get the baseline studies and then see um, if you could make a switch and see how you felt. Um, sometimes if you can get tolerant to any medication and, and a change uh, could be great for you. It seems um, Bianca's asking, could I try NAD? And I think this is in reference to uh, not being able to take NAC. Um, would NAD be a, an alternative to NAC? Yeah, I mean, NAD is good for energy, certainly. Uh, NAC, uh, you know, I don't think NAD is going to raise your glutathione levels that much. But NAD is certainly great for um, energy. It's uh, you know part of that vitamin B3 triad so um let's get um, to, to brandy's question here um is intramuscular glutathione effective i haven't really seen it it work very well um you can i think the, the best form way to get this either in an iv or um inhalation some of the places you can get it through inhalations but you know, anything you can give IV, you can usually give intramuscular. It just tends to be broken down more. Um, that's why it's, even with the liposomal glutathione, it, it's not as near as good as taking it uh, in IV. So, but there's some people who give it intramuscular. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have any in our clinic, but it's certainly worth a try, you know, if, the, if you can get it. All right. Thank you for that, Brandy. Um, let's see. Let's go to D. Lynn on, on YouTube. Uh, since I had COVID, I've had extremely dry mouth. I drink a lot of water. Doesn't help. I'm having major problems sleeping because of this. Do you see this as a side effect? If so, how long? And then she goes on to um, ask, will it last? And is there anything I can take? Um, they've tried uh, some over-the-counter stuff, biotin and, and all of that. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have seen some of that. It obviously affected your salivary glands, and hopefully it didn't kick off an autoimmune disease that causes some of that, like a Sjogren's or something like that. Um, but so if you're having other problems, you might want to get some uh, antibody levels done uh, for autoimmune diseases. Definitely check your thyroid and maybe even do an autoimmune panel that includes a, a Sjogren's blood test. Um but uh, it, it usually will go away unless it has kicked off something like that. I would definitely, you know, try to uh, combat it by taking uh, the high dose omega threes and the NAC and um, uh, seeing what happens. I bet omega threes would help it pretty well if you take four of those a day. Um, but give it a try if you have, especially if you have other symptoms like joint aches or anything weird, dry eyes. Um, you, you need some blood work to, to look at that. And also, make sure your gut's healthy. 
Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, thank you for, for that question there. I want to get to, Nicole has a couple of really good questions. And uh, this first one here is, is, is a very common one. What is a good age to start looking at hormone replacement therapy uh, for women? Um, definitely by age 40. Um, for men and women, it's not a bad idea to get a baseline hormone lab at age 30 just to see where you are yeah. and that's something you can aim for down the line, but definitely with women, um, you need at 40 because, uh, women's hormones are more complex. There's four major ones, uh, estrogen, which has three different types, um, progesterone, testosterone, and DHEA. So I'd get a baseline at 40 for sure. Sooner if you're having weird menstrual cycles and all that, um, and certainly if you have PCOS or endometriosis, but, uh, 40 is a good time to get a baseline and, um, certainly, uh, and if you're a woman having normal cycles, try to get your hormones checked. If you have 28 day cycles, get it, get your hormone levels checked between days 19 and 23 of the cycle. Day one's the first day of your cycle. So, um, that'd be a good thing to do at age 40. Get a baseline. Um, and, and I'm going to put this up here from Nicole as well, because I think it's a, it's another uh, really common question we get at an integrated medical practice is, you know, do you think thyroid deficiencies are often misdiagnosed? I was on Levoxy, th- I can't even pronounce it, Levothyroxine. I know you pronounce That's it. it. Levothyroxine, that's right. Yeah. Levothyroxine for a long time, so I st- stopped taking it and uh, had my levels tested. They said it was low, but not low enough to be on any meds. Um, it's just a very common comment we get. Yeah, well, there's such a huge range of normal. And low, low normal, if you're having symptoms, should be treated. Um, you know, I don't know if you had Hashimoto's or what went on, I mean, you could have had a cortisol imbalance. You could have been pregnant. There's a lot of reasons for, you know, subclinical hypothyroidism. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people that come to me, they've had thyroid, they've been on a thyroid medicine for years and yet they, they don't know why they're on it. They just said it was low and they treated it. So, you need to kind of find out if it is Hashimoto's, which is the most common thing, which is an autoimmune disease, because you need to be on selenium and zinc if you have that. You need to be on a gluten-free diet, and you need to follow your antibody levels. Yep. And you need to make sure your gut's healthy. So, you know, and, make, and a lot of times they don't check the right labs anyway. You know, it's not just the TSH. You need a free T and T3, free T4, TPO at the minimal so it sounds like it needs to be worked up. And certainly if you're symptomatic, you should give yourself the opportunity to be treated if you're having all the symptoms of a low thyroid, like weight gain, uh, constipation, uh, hair loss, brittle nails, dry mouth, tendency to retain fluid, cold hands and feet, running a subnormal temperature, brain fog, um, any of those things, then, you know, we treat patients not lab tests but we need lab tests to see where you are on that spectrum so sounds like you uh, yeah they're a lot misdiagnosed or um inappropriately diagnosed or you know not the workout the workup's not completed as to why you have it and you don't just you know in medicine we tend to label you with something here you have this take this pill 
But really, you want to know kind of why. If, if there is a why, sometimes there's not a why. Uh, but if there is a why, you kind of like to find it and correct that. Like if you're, you got a lot of gut dysbiosis, you want to fix that first. And then a lot of other things may get better on their own. Uh, thank you so much for that question, Nicole. It's, it's something that, you know, we get asked a lot, and um, it's a very common one. Uh, thyroid is one of the more misdiagnosed things we see, you know, in our office, you know, as well as, you know, uh, low hormones, just because we're we're not quite only looking at the normal levels, but also trying to get you up to, to optimal levels. I'm going to put this up here from Jeff. Jeff, thanks so much for this comment, man. I uh, just wanted to thank you for the tip about taking L-arginine uh, prior to exercise. It really does help. Uh, I've noticed the same thing, Doc. Uh, I'm assuming you have too. Um, you don't work out as much as as you used to. I've noticed that um, since I've been spending some time with you lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, I'm tending. I'm, I'm working very hard. The last few, these COVID years has has taken a toll. But you're right. I do need to work out more. At least I'm getting in my in my sauna, in my infrared sauna every day, That's and right. I'm stretching, doing band work, and. In the winter, I don't get as much cardio because I like being outside riding my bike. So, um, uh, yeah, I love L-arginine. You know, it's it's a great supplement. It's a vasodilator. You're gonna get a good pump on it. So I love L-arginine. You know, we're we're uh, we've got some some new people here, and I, I just want to you know thank the thank everybody who's with us here live. This is such a pleasure for us to get to do that. And you know, for, for there's a lot of people who might not know exactly why we do the show or who we are. So uh, you know, which which is totally understandable. We we've been doing this live Q and A show for for a couple couple years now, actually, and um, you know, it's just our chance to kind of ask uh, or get asked questions that you know people were were thinking and didn't want to necessarily come into the office um, so this is kind of our place to do that and uh, Dr. Rogers who, who's also my dad and I see that in the comments that uh, that most of you know that uh, he's my dad and, and he's the you know the the physician and medical director at performance medicine which is um, an integrative medical practice in the in East Tennessee um, so we just opened our fourth office and uh, you know, and we get to do this, this YouTube channel, which is just so much fun for us. We get to put out content around things we're passionate about. And, um, I, I have a podcast called outside the box, which is, you know, kind of centered around this outside the box thinking in regards to health and wellness. So we interview people who are, um, like-minded, um, and we also, you know, have a show with our nurse practitioner in Knoxville called explain this, um, the whole um, I guess our, our goal for that show is to uh, really be a resource. There's uh, the thumbnail from this week. Um, is to be a resource for uh, things that are coming uh, into the office for. So, you know, we, we do some peptides and melanotan is one. So, you know, if you want to learn more about any of that stuff, explain this is, is that show. And, and, of course, you have the show called The Common Sense MD. And, um, you know, over the years, you've just, you've become the common sense MD. You, your background's primary care. Um, there's nebulized budesonide. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a funny picture. I love that like picture. Bill Nye, the science guy. You know, Bill Nye, the science guy. Looks like him there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually loved that picture. Um, so, so thank you for the team for putting those up there. Uh, there's our offices right there. Uh, so we just really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with us. And, uh, and I appreciate the questions, you know, cause, um, that's what makes this show fun. And, and hopefully it brings a lot of value to you guys. And, 
the comments are just as valuable as uh, as the stuff that that we're talking about. So Dr. Rogers' answers, you know, are, are super valuable, but so are the comments. So we appreciate you guys putting in your two cents. Um, so so thank you for 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 all for asking those questions. Those are those are really helpful. Um, let's see here. Let's get to a few more questions here. Uh, Terry, I see you. Uh, Amanda, uh, what's going on? So glad to, to have you on our live show. Um, of course, Amanda Mur Art, she is uh, uh, putting up a lot of great art on her Instagram, so you guys got to check that out. Uh, let, let's see here. Let's go back to, um, let's see, a question. Let's go to Mike here. Is there any way to combat or at least slow the progression of white matter disease? And I'm not sure what white matter disease is. <clears throat> well, that's just degenerative brain disease. Okay. Um, you know, your white matter is what you think with. And, um, but yeah, there are ways to do that. I'll tell you, there's a great book, Mike, that you should read. It's called The End of Alzheimer's. Mm. And that, you know, that's a nebulous subject, but it's just a great, it's, it's um, written by Dr. Bredesen at UCLA. And he's, he's kind of the, at a think tank of the Buck Institute out of San Francisco. He's kind of like the world's renowned dementia um, physician. And um, that book's just really good at kind of explaining that any kind of brain degeneration, uh, has a lot of different causes and you have to hit it from a lot of different angles. There's no one cure for it. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, optimism about, about a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but, um, and really when you read that book, it's almost a, like a guide to integrative medicine. I mean, you certainly we look at your hormones, you look at your inflammatory markers and, um, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, and, you know, you could be affected by concussions. Um, you could be, uh, you could have some familial traits like that APOE gene that, uh, if you have that, you really need to be extra cautious and, uh, proactive with your health. You don't, you know, you don't need to be obese. Um, you need a very clean diet. I mean, you need to get a good amount of sleep. Um, you need to exercise. You don't need to smoke. Uh, you need to take supplements because um, there's a lot of things you can do. That's a, that's a great question. You can't just say, hey, I, I've got this. I'm doomed to, um, you know, get dementia. So what you need to do is, is to really um, – I'll start by reading that book, and then I would – come in and get a Cleveland heart panel. And I mean, some people go, you know, they go get a spec scan, they actually image their brain and see what it looks like. Um, that's a scan that's not done around here, but you know, we send people to New York to get them sometimes. And um, so there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, certainly great question though. Yeah. I mean, our whole, my mom died of Alzheimer's disease and you know, it was horrible. Um, and she even had a normal gene, um, but she had a few things in her life that, that affected that, I think. Um, one of them was being under general anesthesia for, for long periods of time. Uh, when she had a, 
uh, aortic aneurysm that had ruptured an ascending aortic aneurysm. Uh, so thoracic. So um, we were fortunate she, she lived with that, but I think the uh, downside hit her years later. But, um, but anyway, great question. Definitely be proactive with it. Yes. My answer is unequivocally yes. Okay. Um, thank you for that, Mike. And, you know, um, The End of Alzheimer's is, is a book that we, we do highly recommend, um, and we probably don't talk enough about it. Um, and a lot of these lifestyle things that we talk about uh, are mentioned in the book. So, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, eat less sugar, eat less carbs, um, you know, start on hormone therapy, you know, as they get older, you know, as a way of um, combating, uh, uh, you know, um, I guess, something like white matter disease. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to say Temple uh, from Glade Spring, Virginia. Thank you so much for, for being here. Um, and let's see what we got some other new ones. I know Nicole is from Greenville, Tennessee, uh, or Christine. Christine is from uh, Greenville. Uh, Terry, what's going on, man? So glad to, to have you in here. Uh, Tori, uh, hello. Thank you for, for hanging out. Um, and let's see, let's get uh, Michigan girl. Uh, let's get one from her. Um, uh, how do I get off medication that I've been on for 25 years and told I have to be on it for the rest of my life? You know, that's a tough question. Um, and you know, I don't know that you have an answer, uh, for that. I do. I do have an answer. One thing you need to do is get out of Michigan, move down South where we have a lot of sun <laughs> and relaxation, lower taxes, <laughs> less stress. Um, I hope you're taking a lot of vitamin D for sure because you're not getting a lot of sunshine right now. But Michigan is a great state. Ben and I spent a lot of time in Kalamazoo, Michigan yep. um, with tennis early on. That's a, that's just a great state. They have great – I think it's great blueberries and cherries up there. They're, it's really a fun place in the summer. The winter, not so much. My, my dad actually went to uh, college in Michigan, uh, so – it's a great place. But um, so I don't know what the medication is you're talking about. Um, so, you know, maybe it just depends on you may be talking about thyroid medication. Um, so it's it's all individual. You know, as a doctor, I try to give people good advice on medications that they need and that they don't need. I think I probably spent the first half of my career putting people on medications. The second half I guess I'm on year number 36 now. I try to get them off as many as I can that they don't need because the, the need does change for certain medications. Um, so I'm not sure what medicines they are on, but a lot of times, yeah, just with a healthier lifestyle, um, you can you can get off a lot of medications, um, especially as you get older. Uh, older folks, you know, they suffer from this thing called disease called polypharmacy. They're on too many medicines. So way too many medicines, mm -hmm. uh, like PPIs, for stomach acid and all that. So, yeah, it just depends. Uh, but, yeah, on which ones. And certainly um, if you're in Michigan, uh, get a good integrated medical doctor. Or now that COVID's hitting, we do telemedicine. You could even see us through telemedicine. Now that the rules are off, we can uh, treat across state lines without having a license in every state. So we, we've done quite a bit of that. So you, you'll be, uh, you know, you can send your records and then we can have an official consultation with you. And uh, maybe we can help you if you can't find a, a doctor that will work with you on that. Um, it's, it's a great question and one that I know so many people are thinking of. And, I'm, and Michigan Girl did ask um, how much vitamin D 
D should a woman in her forties take? Um, you know, she's saying she's not out in the sun uh, that much. Um, I, I believe it's, you know, around 5,000. I use it a, a day or just yeah, based on that's a, that's a good start. Almost everybody I know needs 5,000 D with K D three with K two. Okay. And because again, what the vitamin K does is help the D absorb the calcium into your bones, not your arteries or your joints. So um, you need to get a level checked. But if you're just starting out, I guarantee you, you need 5,000 of D with K in it. And then check your levels in a few months and see what they are. Um, some people need a, a lot more than that. Can, can you, can um, you just for the people who don't know, um, tell them where you, where you like the levels to be? Uh, vitamin D level? Um, I like to see a, at least 60 to 80. Okay. I uh, saw one today. I was very pleased with it. 90. I saw one yesterday, a new patient, 15. Yeah. Level 15. Terrible. So. Um, thank you for, for that Michigan girl. And thank you for, for hanging out with us, uh, this evening. Uh, Ray asked, I've read that ginkgo biloba, 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 biloba. Is, is beneficial for lowering blood pressure by dilating the blood vessels. Is it safe to take with, uh, telmisartan and a baby aspirin? Yeah, it probably is pretty good. A lot of people use it for brain health and hypertension. Um, yeah, there's there are a few interactions with the ginkgo, so you got to be careful with it. Uh, certainly, it'd be fine with telmisartan. Um, it it can kind of interact with certain anticoagulants, but a baby aspirin I think would be safe with it. If you find yourself bruising, then you may want to look you know, twice on it. And I definitely wouldn't take it at the same time I took my aspirin. Just just like I would tell you not to take a Motrin or an Aleve at the same time you took your aspirin it would negate the effects of the aspirin. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably a pretty good supplement, um, depending on where you get it, et cetera. Um, a good one, I like, I really like uh, um, aged garlic extract for hypertension, I think. And it's also purported to help be anti-cancer too. So that's, that's one I like. I like aged garlic. Um, I actually think there's, uh, I think Keto um, mentioned something about aged garlic a, a while back. I'll try to find that. Uh, Keto's on top of it. He's, he's on top of it. that is amazing. Uh, definitely be uh, following the comments in, uh, on YouTube. There, uh, There's a lot of wisdom in there. Um, okay, so Teresa asks, Hi, I got sick with COVID a week and a half ago. I was over the worst of the symptoms within the first five days, and I feel a great deal better than I did. However, I definitely still feel like I'm fighting something virally, feeling really run down, just struggling. Anything to, to help with that? Uh, what's, your, what's your immediate thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, you know, definitely that's not anything unusual. You may feel tired for a while, but certainly, you know, go to our protocol of the, I hope you took the vitamin protocol that we do have, uh, because it's, there's a lot of stuff that we do take in that to treat with vitamins. You pop your D up to 50,000 a day for five days. You can take C. There it is right there. There it is. And I'll hide the quercetin, zinc. The, um, the, the, uh, the things I use is, is antihist antihistamine types or Pepsid and uh, Zyrtec. I hope Zyrtec's on there. Uh, Zyrtec the, needs to be on there. We'll have to add uh, Zyrtec. Pepsid uh, is. Yeah. Um, I need I need to get Zyrtec on there for sure. Um, 
but yeah, the B complex is good for energy. If that's, you know, you're, you're going to drag a little bit. Some people get hit a little harder than others. Um, but take your vitamins, cut sugar out. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get organic and clean with your diet, you know, you'll definitely, uh, I've seen long COVID reverse in a couple of days just by their diet alone. Um, and uh, we're, we're kind of experimenting with a, a little substance called IGY. That's really a, uh, it's really good for post-COVID. I've had a few people that just, it, it reversed their loss of taste and smell really quickly. Um, it's, uh, comes from eggs, but uh, we'll get into that later. I'll do a podcast on it. So, but it's, there's a lot of, uh, beneficial things with IGY, uh, which is a nutrient. Uh, certainly, um, you know, I, even, even I'll, I'll tell you, I'll admit I got an IV, uh, a Myers cocktail that infusion, and that made me feel really good. So if you're, you know, that far out, you're not contagious, you may want to even schedule a, uh, an IV vitamin cocktail. Um, those are tremendous in making you feel better. Uh, certainly get on all your vitamins and eat right. Get outside, move, stretch, get in an infrared sauna, sweat. Um, and, you know, you may even have a secondary bacterial infection of your sinuses. I've seen a lot of people get COVID. They get over it, but they have this lingering sinus for a while. You know, you can do your nasal irrigation, juice your flonase. Um, and, you know, some people that have a chronic sinusitis, it'll take another round of antibiotics to get them better. And sometimes even steroids. And so, and you know, I, of course I use ivermectin at every stage, even for long haulers. Um, I think it works. So, um, let's, we're only going to have time for a, a few more guys. Uh, let's get, uh, I, I think this will be uh, a helpful one. Can you take the, the K if you take, um, Eliquis? Um, so this no. is in regards to vitamin yeah. D with K. No, do not take the K if you're on a blood thinner like Eliquis or Coumadin. Uh, just don't do it. it because vitamin K can affect your clotting, you know. Um, that's what we used to give to people in the ER if they're bleeding vitamin K. So, no, in that case, no. Great question. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for putting that in there, Amy. That helps uh, a lot of people out. So thank you for... Uh, putting that in the comments and let's go uh, to Evangelons. And if I didn't get to you, we'll, we'll get to, we'll actually put on the show first thing next week. Um, how do you feel about nitric oxide boosters? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think they're great. Um, L-arginine is one of them. Cialis is one of them. Um, you know, I use Cialis. Everybody thinks it's just for erectile dysfunction, but it's actually for a lot of things like Raynaud's phenomenon where you're, your hands get cold and turn blue in the in the uh, cold weather. I treat a lot of women with Cialis uh, to Dalphil, um, and we actually get one compound that has oxytocin in it that I like a lot. Um, yeah, you know, and, and before workouts, you know, you can certainly uh, take nitric oxide boosters, and uh, there's some that are marketed just for that. Um, I think pycnogenol helps as well with that um but yeah i think it's great you know especially before you work out or um even more great for covid i put I, if somebody has covid pretty good i put them on l-arginine right off the bat 
Um, and, and then other things you can do, of course, for workouts, L-glutamine is a good, it doesn't dilate as much as something like L-arginine, but it certainly uh, helps blood flow post-workout along with branch chain amino acids I like post-workout. Pre-workout, more the L-arginine type. And L-citrulline is another one you could use. Um, it's a great little uh, nitric oxide booster as well. You probably have more, but, you know, a lot of people really like the Tadalafil. Some some people even take one before they work out. Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, th- uh, thank you for, for that, Evangel. And I want to put this up here. Um, Katie mentioned that uh, it's, it is difficult to find the nebulizers. So uh, we wanted to clarify uh, you will not find uh, nebulizers at most pharmacies. So I, I am stand corrected on that. Thank you, Katie, for putting this in there. Uh, so if you're out of Tennessee, uh, if you're in Tennessee or close to us, I believe Max is, is kind of the place we're sending most people. Um, if you're out of Tennessee, use Amazon. Um, so what we'll try to do is find some links um, in Am- Amazon. If we don't put them in the comments, we'll put them in the, um, the blog post that we wrote on uh, nebulized uh, budesonide today. Uh, so thank you uh, for that clarification there, Katie. Um, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we, we've run out of time. If I didn't get to you, I see, I see Mark's question. Um, I see uh, we got a few other questions we didn't get to. Uh, we're going to get to those first thing next week. Uh, so that'll be in, in kind of the first original lineup. Uh, but man, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, this is just so much fun for us. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity uh, to get to, to hang out with you guys every Tuesday night at 7. Uh, Roel asked, are you using 9-gauge or 10-gauge guitar strings? What's your, what's your guitars? 10-gauge. Uh, 10-gauge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I need to have another little game. I'll try to come up with something next week to where we can guess something because I really like that. You know, especially coming from the 60s, you know, 1960s. We'll have to do like a a boomer. Um, Oh, Uh, we need uh, we need April Reed's address to send the digest shield. We don't have that. So if you can send that to us, you did earn a uh, bottle of digest shield for I think she correctly guessed. Was it the 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 bike? bike? Yeah, I think that was a bike. Yeah, I think it was a bike. And And I do think a few people know April. So if April's not here with us live. Uh, get somebody get a hold of her. We we, we want to send this bottle of digestion to her, so we're just looking for uh, a place to send it. Uh, you can direct message uh, our Facebook page uh, with that April. Um, but Doc, we're gonna call it a night, man. I'm gonna go catch up on Thank the you, on the vols and uh, Tammy. I saw you put in the score uh, earlier today. Thank you for that, Tammy. Oh. Uh, so we'll we're gonna uh, call it a night. Um, as always, we do this 7 p.m. every single Tuesday. Um, we did uh, the Common Sense MD on nebulized budesonide so check that out if you guys are not subscribed to the youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel that is our library of content uh, so you can go back and check all the stuff we've done uh dr rogers it's been a blast man thanks man we'll see you next week see you guys next week we love you guys uh have a great rest of your week don't go away Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.